0: On a Wednesday, I think we might put this up on a Thursday though, but we got another special guest. We just had Colin Power in the studio. And now we have USC running back coach and Mapella joining us right in studio here in Redondo Beach, your new hometown. Mike My
1: McCullough. new hometown.
0: Yeah, well nice. thanks for coming into the studio and welcome to the show.
1: Well, it was only around the corner, so it was easy. Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, it's not too bad, you know. It's a it's a nice little location. We do have a view of the power plant
1: over there. I noticed that. I admired that as I walked up the steps. <laughs>
0: I think they're getting rid of that, actually. I don't know if you, if you get all the news about Redondo Beach, but there, there's been a lot of plans to try to get rid of that power plant. So a lot of people would like to see that gone.
1: All right. I'm going to keep learning about it.
0: (laughs) What, yeah. So you're, so you're new here, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, you came out, people don't know you're the running back coach in Indiana. Now you're here. Um, you got, we got to see you throughout spring football. It's hard. you got four little boys. you got your wife here. Everyone moving to the West Coast. No one really with kind of West Coast ties. What's it been like for you and the family to be out here, uh, you know, those last few months? Well,
1: I'm going to tell you what it has been amazing, you know, just the way that um, the USC family has embraced our family, you know, and obviously the, from the football staff throughout, you know, it's been a great transition. So, you know, when I got here, I know my wife said it wouldn't be very long before her and the boys came. And well, I think it might have been two weeks later they came up. You know, and um, you know, we found a place. You know, and I'm happy here in Redondo has been, it's been a great transition. Football is football, you know, and 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 again, you know, working with the staff and building trust uh, with my players and showing them how I do things and 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 getting those guys to understand that the goals are still the same. We just may do things a little bit different. That's been fun so far.
0: The uh people, I mean, I think some people realize being an assistant coach in college. There's a you transition every few years sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you stay on and like you, you have a family of six that you got to try to move around. We were just talking like, Hey, what are you going to do in your vacation? It's easier to fly a couple people here than for all six of you to fly somewhere. Is it hard when you make a change like that, a decision where it's affecting everyone in your family, not just you?
1: Yeah. I mean, it is, you know, and, and for me, the strange part is, I mean, I'm, I'm 44. I haven't been in coaching very long, you know, so prior to Indiana, you know, I was a principal. I was just kind of hanging out and really wasn't hardcore into coaching like that. Like I'm gonna be a college coach. So the first move I made was just basically from the Cincinnati area to Indiana, which was only a couple hours, so it wasn't a, a big uprooting. And I was there for six years. Um, as things continued to progress and you know continued to you know to, to, to build my resume as a coach, you know other opportunities start presenting themselves. And you know I think my family was actually excited about what the next part of our journey would be
0: yes do you think that's helped your coaching career so far like you say, i haven't been done too long but you mm-hmm. were a high school principal so you were on that side of it you're also a high school head coach mm-hmm. and then you become a position coach do you think that all kind of helped you develop into just as as opposed to maybe going into be a graduate assistant right out of college or something
1: ah no doubt you know no doubt because just especially in recruiting and just um relating to people and and obviously the coaching part of it you know and and, and um so I got a master's in instructional design. So one of the things with that is it just gives you different ways of how you address different learners. So at the end of the day, a coach is a teacher, you know, so I, I thought I came in with a pretty refined style as far as, you know, how to get guys to buy in and break material down to them in a way that is um, a way to make those guys successful. And now you start talking about football, you know, especially the position I played is just like icing on the cake. So, you know, definitely, you know, that background um, helps me in the field that I'm in right now. And it's big time in recruiting, especially, you know, being able to talk to parents and 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 understanding where some of the student athletes are coming from as far as just any challenges they may be having, et cetera. So it's been that whole thing was a great training grounds for me, and I'm just excited to be here.
0: Now, you're a Mac guy, played at Miami of Ohio. Mm-hmm. You coached in Indiana yep. your, your last job there. Is it kind of a weird just transition going from, you know, the middle of the country to the West coast and you got the ocean right here and all that kind of, I mean, there's just a lot, it's just a different atmosphere, I guess. Out here. Well, you
1: know what? I told, I might have been talking to somebody a couple of days ago. The last few years, you know, was doing some good things at Indiana and some of the guys we had, you know, had some success. And even when I, when I dreamed about wow, what other potentially, what other things could happen, I never thought about. California it just was like, I don't know anybody out there. I don't, you know, none of my con, you know, the people I was connections with, you know, none of it would, would bring me out this way. But when the opportunity came, I mean, it was like a light bulb went off and, and all of the possibilities and, and, and the opportunities that could be here from coming out here and, and continuing to keep the success that USC is having and continuing to build our running back brand. I mean, it was just something you couldn't pass up.
0: The, uh, I guess one of the criticisms in the past around USC, has been they always seem to hire USC people. There's always, like, there's this nepotism kind of thing going on, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. There's been some disasters, and we, we don't need to get all that stuff. But what I really liked about uh, when Clay Hilton hired you is something that I've kind of advocated for is, like, they, he wanted to keep the coaching ca- coaching staff uh, together, the continuity, and I get it. And, you know, the running back coach ends up leaving. Just go out and find a really good running back coach somewhere that doesn't necessarily have any USC ties. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what you are there. I mean, w- were there any ties to anyone on the staff or just, it was just kind of like, Hey, this guy's a really good running back coach. And we want to go get him.
1: Yeah. I didn't know anyone, you know, and, and I had a brief, a brief relationship. And obviously we, we built it from there with Kerry Colbert. So two summers, two summers ago might have been two summers ago or last summer. I think it was last summer. Um I met him and I was at the the Indianapolis Colts. I was doing a minority a minority internship there and I met Kerry there. So okay. I, I met him for the 3 or 4 days I was there. You know and it wasn't until I came up for the interview to that reconnection. like oh shoot, yeah that is right. You know and he seen me he's like oh yeah, you, you he said I'm hoping you get he said I'm going go to talk to those guys right now he said because I got a chance to see what you were doing with the with the running backs and as far as helping those guys down there.
0: How did that end up, whatever you can share, mm-hmm. uh, going down? Did you get a call from Clay Helton or one of the other assistant coaches like, Hey, would you be interested in an opportunity? Or how did, yeah, how did that work?
1: Well, I was in the staff meeting, you know, at, at, um, at IU and I got a couple calls came and then I, one time I stepped out and I, it was a message. It was from, um, Clay Helton. And, you know, I said, Hey, I'm in a staff meeting. I, you know, I'll, I'll call you when I get out. And I was in the staff meeting for a much longer time. And by the time I got out, I, it, it was kind of funny. I remember the first comment he said when I finally called him back, he said, well, the first thing I'm going to tell you is if, if we take you on here, you won't have to worry about being in staff meeting that long. So that's kind of funny. So I, I spoke with, with Clay, obviously. And then I had a good conversation with T, uh, with T Martin, you know, and one of the, the ironic parts about that was T spoke to how the fact that he likes, he's a fan of the Falcons. You know, and just Tevin Coleman and and just kind of connecting dots there. Like, man, who coached that guy? You know, and then I guess I'm, my name came up from that, too. So it was just a lot of coincidences, you know, as this process went on that got me to the point where I am now.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely an interesting uh process. And like I said, for have no USC ties, you definitely broke a mold because normally when they were, you know, USC hiring anybody, it's mm-hmm. like someone that you've known, that everyone has known. So you, your name kind of came out of the blue. We were talking before the show. We're not even sure how to pronounce your name at first. Dylan <laughs> McCullough, but that's good. Yeah. Yep. definitely. Uh, <laughs> um, so I wanna we you can't really talk like specifics about recruiting. You have a son that's kinda going through the process He's yeah. over at Sarah High yep. School and stuff. But you have a sixteen year old, thirteen year old, twelve year old, and a one year old. And a one year old Okay, so that's gotta be yes. different for life, I guess. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you
1: know, I mean, shoot, is this you know, last thing you, you thought about, and so I got you know, I got seven my my oldest is seventeen I got a fourteen and a thirteen and a one year old just turned one a couple of weeks ago so you know you 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 got a big space there you know when I was looking at it just kind of doing the math i said shoot when i'm when my thirteen year old graduates my one year old would just be starting kindergarten I'm like, oh my goodness you gotta go I, through it all again I gotta go through it all again all <laughs> the little league you know and and wee football and the whole thing. But it's exciting, you know, when the guys, you know, obviously got a chance to embrace having a little brother because they all kind of grew up kind of together, you know. So it's, it's it's been good just to see the twinkle in their eye when they look down and see their little brother and different things like that. So it's been good.
0: The uh, So Dylan Jr. is at Sarah High School. Yes. He's 2019, mm-hmm. and I got to see him out at some events and stuff. So it kind of puts you – is there an advantage as a recruiter – in the area where you can go watch your son and you're still watching other prospects. I still remember like uh, uh, like Rick Neuheisel when Jerry Neuheisel was going through camps or even Pete Carroll when his son was going through stuff. Mm-hmm. There were certain NCAA rules that wouldn't allow coaches in unless your kid was there. Your kid exactly. was there. Did it give you some kind of advantage?
1: Yeah, I guess. You know, even even when I'm there, I'm just, you know, the, the couple of times I went by Sarah, I'm just looking at him. You yeah. know, he's like, hey, Dad, what you – you know, he, he wanted me to analyze his play. You know, I mean, of course, in the, in the midst of watching him run a route, I mean, you see, I mean, I, watch him defend the guy, you see the guy running a route, obviously, you know, you, you kind of get a feel for everything out there. You I mean, you can't have blinders on, but you know, generally when I'm out there, I'm watching him, you know, and he wants, you know, he, he values my opinion and, and he wants me to be straight with him about the things he needs to work on. And I think that's, that's probably the ultimate advantage is, you know, that he knows my reputation for evaluating guys. And he's like, shoot dad, evaluate me. Tell me what I need to do.
0: Ah, makes sense. Um well we're gonna go so the peristyles are message board on USA dot com. And I posted this morning, we got a lot of replies. So I'll try to pick some of the best ones if oh, want. So I don't want to keep you here uh no, go too for long. It. We do appreciate you, you know. If you're neighbor, it. we're neighbors and stuff. There right? you go. Um so let's go to uh Marv Junior. He says, uh what is the per projected amount of carries for the starting tailback and the number of passes uh total they should expect? <laughs> I'm not going to that out. But yeah. Just...
1: Yeah. You, you, you really can't, you know, and, you know, you, you, you talk with that room and you understand it's going to take everybody in that, you know, to, in, at least from my past, it takes all the guys that you have to build up that room and to build up the camaraderie and understanding it ain't going to be one guy or two guys that's going to do everything. If you want to have, you know, the, the results you want to have at the end of the season because it's just the pounding on guys' bodies. So, you know, I don't know what that number would be. It kind of based on the flow of the game, et cetera. But one thing is I'm not oblivious to the fact that we got some high-end ball carriers. You need to get the ball in their hands. You know, you need to get those guys opportunities, get them touches, get into a flow. But at the same time, you need to continue to build the depth in that room and the trust, you know, in those down-the-line guys because here it is, it's game eight, game nine, game ten. You're going to need them dudes, you know. So, you know, you got to look at the whole, you know, the the – the whole picture, but you got to be aware of some of the smaller specifics as far as continuing to build that room from the bottom too.
0: SC e. Greg writes, uh, what are your, what are the biggest differences between USC and Indiana regarding like level of players, recruiting, the systems that are run, etc."
1: Um, in recruiting without getting into guys, just when I show up to town, everybody is like, Oh my God, you know, <laughs> you, know you go into places, I oh, mean, USC is here. You know, like, Whoa, shoot. you know. I said, like, I came to the same place with the Indiana shirt on. Nobody say that did, you know, but you know, so definitely you, you know, you, you, you're more well received. Um, obviously the level of guy that you have the chance of, um, acquiring is, you know, is, is, you know, uh, you know, potentially as far as rankings and things like that, some of those guys are a little bit, you know, stronger as far as that's concerned, but you know, it's, it's, it's been good. You know, and, and, you know, and even with all of that, you know, the way that I look at guys and evaluate them and different things really has, there's no change in that. You know, you're still looking at guys. You're still looking for certain skill sets and, and, and most importantly, you're looking for the, the right type of people, you know, so that's the one thing. I mean, is USC gives you a bigger platform, you know, especially when you, you know, as you're just going through the process and people are more, a little bit more receptive overall, you know, because of the rich history and, and that's something that, you know, at the end of the day, kind of drew me to the place to begin with.
0: Uh, I forgot to mention your Twitter at the top of the, the, the podcast, but Coach DMC. Coach that's a DMC. Good, that's a pretty good handle.
1: Coach DMC. Uh, I like
0: yours and, uh, I like Lockdown, uh, for, you know, that's Coach Bradford. Yeah, yeah. Coach Bradford. I like, uh, there's some pretty good Twitter handles there you guys have. That's pretty good. Coach DMC though. That's, uh, my childhood growing up. Uh, Vegas guy Paul. Uh, does Coach see the value in having at least one, and he puts in all caps, Beast mode running back, the next Marshawn Lynch or some facsimile thereof.
1: I'm going to tell you what. And my guys know this. I'm all about yards after contact. Um, I'm all about velocity through the hole. I'm all about guys uh, running through trash, running through people when need be. Um, so yes, 100%. I see the value in that 100%. You know, so quick example during our, we had a scrimmage during the spring. And this is the first time I'm imagining these guys that had this before. I said, well, I'm big on you got to have three yards after contact. That's kind of been what my staple has been. So even going back to Jordan Howard, when he came out, I know a big thing was about how many yards after he was one of the – he might have been the number one guy with the yards after contact because that was just a standard of my room, Yeah, yards after contact. So the first scrimmage we had here at USC, we were going through, and um, I said yards after contact, Talk to him about what I'm looking for, how we – you know, evaluated. So anyway, to make a long story short, we went through. We watched all of the runs. We added it all up, and I knew it wasn't going to be three yards. I God. knew it wouldn't. It ended up being two point nine five, and that room erupted because what I did is went around and I said I went to each guy and I said, "Could you have gave more? Could you have gave more? Could you have gave more?" So you kind of the you know the 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 arrow went back at those guys, and they had to look in the mirror and say, "You know what? I could have gave more." So what you end up doing, you get a bunch of guys who cognizant of, "I'm not going to go down." You know, so you get that beast mode, you know, by default because of standards you have in that room.
0: Good one. All right. Uh, Jay Braxtow says, who's, uh, who's he been most surprised with since coming to USC?
1: Um, I mean, all them guys been, been looking good. I mean, you know, Vi has been somebody who's, you know, really, really stood out as a guy because he didn't, you know, he was dinged up last year. You know, so, um, you know, there was, you know, a lot of conversation amongst the staff is was, was how he would continue to develop, but he really embraced everything. All the guys are doing well, but he he really because he got a ton of reps in the spring, man. He took advantage of them for sure. He he showed up big time. You know he you know he he surprised me with how fast he is. He's 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 faster than you think. The I mean, guy got great hands. He can block. He can do all those things. But he probably was the one that showed up the most because I knew he he had the least film of you know, what happened in you know, the prior season.
0: Yeah, he's kind of surprised. I think when we first started covering him, I, he might have not been committed to Oregon yet, but he was, people were saying, well, he might walk on as like a fullback at USC. And you look at him now you're like, that, nah. that's not the way, that's not nah. what he looked like. He just, I think he's developed a lot since then yeah, too. Definitely. Um USC US, uh, Psycho or SC Psycho. Yeah, I think that's what I said. Aside from situational substitutions, do you prefer to see uh Rojo get the majority of carries in games Getting a rhythm or will there be more of a rotation among the running backs to find the quote unquote hot hand?
1: Well, that's a, that's a, that's a great question because again, just looking at my past and then having a conversation with Coach T Martin and making sure Coach Helton, everybody is on board with it. I've been someone who would rotate guys and I'm not talking about in volume, but you want to keep, you know, a guy like whether it be Rojo, et cetera, you want to keep those guys you know, fresh as the game goes on and you want them to be available in the latter part of the season too, you know? So, um, you know, one thing i talk to guys about is not being greedy, you know, and and getting your yards through the course of the game and different things like that, understanding that other guys, we need other guys to play. We need to keep other guys, you know, involved in what's going on, especially because those guys have warranted playing time and, and then being able to be effective as the game goes on. And more importantly, as the season goes on. So, yeah, we get in there and get going and the person who's the starter, obviously, you know, he got, he got the pen in his hand and he get the chance to, to, to write his story, but I got the, the opportunity to go in there and make alterations as needed. So it's one of those things you just kind of play as a game going and go from there.
0: Uh, Ty0214 has a good one. What excites you most about Stephen Carr and his potential?
1: I'm going I'm to tell you what, man, that, that guy, man, he rocked up. He run hard, you know, and he, you know, and, and some of the things I've seen here recently, I man, he got great feet. Um, He, his football mind is strong. You know, we went through and and talked about some things as far as protections and things like that, and he soaked it up, you know. So those are the things that stood out to me. I mean, you got these guys with physical tools, and that's great, but can he take those physical tools along with some of the specifics of the position and and apply it to 11-on-11 football? That's to be seen. But in the meeting room, he's done a very good job, you know. And in the opportunities he had to do things, you know, rather than being conditioning, et cetera, he's looked um, he's looked pretty sharp in that too.
0: You know, I can't tell you how many balls I saw him catch in the seven on seven circuit, like as the running back. I mean, he just made all kinds of plays. Mm-hmm. Do you see him as a really good pass catcher? Does that come come out to you? Well,
1: I mean, you know, you know, in the summer we haven't been able to, you know, coaches can't be on hand for any of those things. You know, um, but I know that that's what his, what his past has shown that he's dynamic in space. And it's not just as a ball carrier, but also as a pass, you know, as a pass catcher. So I'm looking forward to August when I can officially be out there and like, okay, let's see what you got. But you know, all, you know, all reports as far as from his past have been positive And you know, and I know he's doing everything to continue to refine those skills.
0: Keith from Oakland is a good one. What are some of the key traits and attributes you look for in a running back on the recruiting trail?
1: <laughs> I like that. There we go. Um, I'm a big change of direction, you know, short area quickness guy, you know, so I'm, I'm bigger on that rather than, than long speed simply because I believe that guys who can keep the chains moving and make guys miss on the first and second level, that's, it's a, that's a big premium, you know, um, So, you know, guys with the ability to change direction, run through trash, put the shoulder down, you know, finish runs with some violence, you know, obviously have better than average speed, you know, clearly. And I look at a guy who can run very fast as a premium. You know, that's that's like icing on the cake. But I I never would take a guy who's just, hey, he's just fast. We'll figure everything else out. Because you can get burned by that because he's waiting on these big holes or he want to bounce to the outside or he's adverse to contact. So I want guys who want to embrace contact and and make guys miss and run with a chip on their shoulder and different things like that. So we've been, and we got guys like that. So that's exciting.
0: This is interesting. Extra large Trojan wrote, Can you ask him what year he was at Harmony High School? Because I was a substitute teacher there around 2005 or 2006 teaching PE and health classes. The extra large guy, I mean, maybe he's extra large, like tall, maybe not, but to yeah. be the PE teacher. And he's like, well, him, I was Trojan. there then. You so were there? All right. I was there. Well, maybe you got, uh, I don't right. know. He didn't leave his name. But <laughs> Um We had a, a kind of a few questions about this, Um about adding like a power back or a running back in the in the rear in the in the near future. <laughs> but you know, do you do you want to see a big like a bigger guy coming kind of in there? Not you, we know you want you know yards after contact, mm-hmm. but do you want to get a bigger guy in there too. Yeah,
1: that'd be great. You know, I mean, that's that's something that you know that that's been said several times. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, and, you know, I think when I came in, I said, you, you, you like to have a, a, a big guy who embraces that aspect of it. You know, there's a difference between a big guy who try to be a scat back than a big guy who say, look, I'm a big guy. And that's what I do. I'm a one cut and run, run through your face type guy. So, you know, I've always, I've liked that and ha- having a guy like that in the room. And, you know, I guess time will tell that we're able to, to add that piece, but I definitely think it's a component that would be, um, something that would help our offense.
0: We kind of talk about this a little bit, but, uh, Bammer for SC wants to know if, how you're finding LA, if you're enjoying it, and what's the biggest adjustment moving out here?
1: Um, well, definitely I'm enjoying it. There's no, no, there's no doubt about that. I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it. And, and even the traffic, you know, people say, Oh, the traffic, the traffic, but it, for me, getting, you know, from, you know, from, from home to, you know, to the, um, to the university has been pretty smooth. You know, kind of coming and going. So, I don't know. Just the weather. Now, the weather's been great. You know, I mean, it's you know, you know just hasn't been too hot since. You hasn't got been here. too hot. Yeah, you know, and I'm used to the, you know when it's hot, the humidity is the thing that really jumps on your back. And you know, obviously that isn't as much of a factor down here. So, I mean, it's you know, it's just it's been amazing. I, I was talking to my wife and we were saying something about weather, and I kind of looked at her. And I said, "Well, tell me a bad day since we've been here." And she started laughing. I said, I, "I haven't seen a bad weather day since I've been here."
0: It's, and it's been probably the crappiest weather we've had in a long time. <laughs> like, that's the worst we get. And you're like, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's good to me. It's all good. <laughs> um, Gunham says, how do you identify great running backs while recruiting and what offseason workouts or preparations do you suggest before? I mean, suggest players take on prior to fall camp?
1: Well, repeat the first part of the question again. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, how do you ad- ad- identify, identify great okay. running backs while recruiting?
1: Well, I mean, you're you watching the tape. You know, you get opportunity to watch guys work out and different things like that. And, again, I just look at um big on just the speed in which a guy attacks the hole. Can he make something happen on the first level? You know, even when them, when you're looking at tape or whatever, and you just see a guy just running these long runs, I'm like, he ain't got touched yet, you know. I always mess around with guys when we have our camps here, and, and I'm, I'm talking to guys. I say, look, when you do your – I say, you might make want to make a different highlight tape for me. Make one for me when you have some adversity. I wanna see a guy you know, it might have been a three yard, five yard game, but you ran through a guy, made a guy miss and different things like that. I said just running through these gaping holes really don't show me anything because that ain't um really what's gonna happen here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's not what's gonna happen.
0: And then for the uh like what do you want them to do prepare preparation wise for Pre- before fall camp?
1: Preparation wise, just you know, continuing to work on their feet, you know, so You know, we do a lot of things. We got this, this circuit that we do with cones and another thing we do with trash cans has been pretty good as far as guys working on just, um, reacting to things in front of them. And really importantly to me, once they come out of breaks or come out of cuts, exploding for five yards, you know, so I like to see guys, you know, explode four steps and really start to just create that muscle memory that once I get past the last obstacle, I'll just train myself to always be explosive from that point.
0: You know, that was one of the things, uh, when you were first hired and I started doing some research, the stuff that I would see on YouTube, there were, you used to have some interesting
1: drills. (laughs) I know there was some
0: equipment that you didn't have at USC Uh yet. Did did you get all that stuff? And maybe you would describe some, what some of those drills are that you would. Well, uh, I
1: mean, and I don't even know the origins of them. It's just like, okay, what do you want to get done? You know, what are you, what are you, what are you trying to train guys to do? And for me, like I said, I want to see guys be able to make short area decisions you know, and really working on training guys' feet. So a lot of times I'm the read key for them. So we'll do, you know, different things we'll do with cones where they're stepping in and out, stepping over them. We do like a little zigzag drill. It really makes you focus on having great foot fire and making your feet be able to be quick within a confined space. You know, so I'm, like I said before, I'm kind of just big on how active are your feet, how quick are your feet, how you know, reactive can you be and how explosive can you be off of that last cut? You know, so, you know, somebody asked me, say, said, well, where do you get that drill from? I don't even know. You know it was just like, <laughs> man, here's here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to see guys do. But the beauty of it is those circumstances that are created with those cones or the trash cans or different things like that, they all come back to cir- circumstances that they see in a game or in practice, et cetera. So I know when I got here, the guys, we'll – I'll say, did we do that drill? We'll be in 11-11. And I'll say, we did that earlier. Guy's like, man, we did. That was part of one of the drills we did. That was it right there. <laughs> I, I did that earlier, you know, so, you know, having to buy in from the players, they like it because it's all football centric and they can have fun with it too. So it's, it's been good.
0: Um, so Kyle rules any plans for two running back sets, uh, with hmm. like Rojo and one of the other running backs potentially. We get this a lot. People have been asking about this. For a long time. So I don't
1: know if you. Yeah. I mean, you know, of, you know, we, we did some of it. Running back we, <laughs> we, we did some of it during the spring, you know, a, a, a quick shot of it. I mean, we definitely have it when we got the ability to do a lot of things with that. And I think again, just establishing, you know, and that's, you know, coach, you know, coach T Martin to make the ultimate call on that. But the, the thing that I was excited about is we do have that in our offense. We did it for a hot shot during practice. Um, you know, during spring and. The guys were adept at doing it. I know at Indiana, I was kind of the guy who did the, the 20 personnel, the 20, 21 personnel then. So I'm like, hey, if we want to go get real deep with it, I got some pretty slick things that we can do with it too. But again, right now, just, you know, establishing who those guys would be and, and understanding those guys would have to block and do different things like that. But you got the mindset in that room to do it. So whenever Coach Martin said, Hey, we ready to roll with it? Them guys are going to be ready to go.
0: Uh, he also had one more. Are you worried about, I, I love when people ask, are you worried? I'm like, usually people aren't that worried, <laughs> but are you worried about, uh, a smaller offensive line? How will it affect the running game against teams like Stanford? How can we adjust?
1: No, nah, I'm not worried. You know, I mean, we, we, we got a plan, you know, that, um, as far as continuing to develop the offensive line and bring those guys along, coach, coach Callaway, man, that's, that's my guy. That's my neighbor in, 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 in the offices and everything. And man, I'm telling you, he sit in there. The guy do a great job of, you know, uh, putting together schemes for his guys and drills and continuing to develop those guys. Coach course, I've been doing a good job, you know, th- with the physical part of it, with the lifting. So no, I'm not worried about it. You know, and, 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 and our thing is, and the backs, we talk about this and I, that's all my philosophy on it. If we just get contact, we in there. That's, that's my, that's what i in our room. We're like, man, if we just make contact, we're going to make those guys right. So we don't want to put a lot of pressure on them. Hey, you just make contact and we coming. We gonna read your block and we gonna make it right. We gonna make it right.
0: This is from Love My Wine and Trojans and he has a Pittsburgh Steeler, uh, avatar there, which that's the team I grew up with. So okay. wh- 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 who were you a fan of growing up with?
1: Now I, I, I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio. So yeah. you could be Pittsburgh or you could be Cleveland and I was neither. I kind of was. I don't know. I like the Patriots for a while. I was kind of all oh, really? over the place. Okay. Even right now, I'm kind of just. A, I like players more than than teams. I'm more of a player guy. I like players on different teams.
0: Yeah, it was Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. So that's oh, like jo, so Joe. Right Will we name it, yeah, are not he far away. He went to my little, my little uh, Catholic elementary school. He was uh, he was like the star of our well before my time. But yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> he actually went to school with my like my aunt and stuff. Uh, growing up in that area, I was, I'm a Steelers fan too. And I don't know how you're going to be able to answer this, but he said, given, uh, how he's recruited and developed three running backs to the NFL, while we haven't done that recently with higher rated talent, have we been poor at developing and or identifying them? So he wants to know, what do you think?
1: I don't know. You know yeah. I mean, I can, you know, it's hard for me to, to speak to the past. You know, I know I'm just excited about, you know, what we got going forward, you know, and I think the players are too. I mean, they, again, we're doing some things that, what, it was foreign to the guys coming in, but I think you know, I'm, you know, I'm I'm banking on the fact that their buy in, along with the way I'm delivering, it is going to yield us some results quickly once we get into the season.
0: Uh, Kalax Cam, I think that's how he says it. How important is a physical running game to establish a necessary level of toughness as a football team?
1: Man, it's it's very important, you know, no doubt, you know. And that was again when I came up for the interview; that was something I was excited to hear about. Is the establishment of the run game and different things like that. That it's not just going to be a finesse circumstance and we're just going to throw the ball. We got a phenomenal quarterback, obviously. So yeah, running the game and, 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 and I know the question a few questions back about having that guy who just going to bring it downhill, you know, that's, that's important too. And this putting that type of attitude in the whole running back room as far as yards after contact, running through trash, running through people, finishing past or through the last guy, you know, you, you just, you set that standard in the room and great things will happen.
0: Yan Man says, welcome to SC coach. Uh, what does the offensive staff need to see from Dominic Davis to earn him more playing time?
1: Double D. All right. <laughs> double D. I just talked to him earlier today. How okay. about that? Just, he, he, we, just that. we just spoke a couple hours ago. Breaking so, news. Breaking news. Da, da, da. I'm going to tell you what about double D. That's, that's been good. Very good is that I think that when I came in, he, And the things that we're doing has been like a, like a jolt of fresh air for him because he was he's really excited about it. He's been looking real good in some of our training sessions, and I guess to go to the the question specifically, I told him I said, look, you're 185, 190 pounds. The guy's got better than decent strength. I told him the next step for his evolution, I think, is to embrace running through trash. So he's a guy who, if a guy's arm come out, you know, generally he try to make some type of move. I said, just run through it, accelerate through that, you know. And, and that's something, even in some of the early drill work, that he's made a point to do. He's really bursting. I mean, the guy can run obviously, but he's really being forceful and, and and showing a lot of velocity off of his cuts and different things like that. And so it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting to see him embrace that challenge of hey, when there's nothing there or it appears to be nothing there, just accelerate through it and get positive yards.
0: And he also wanted to know if you studied how Stanford used Christian McCaffrey and how do you plan to get your backs in space to create similar mismatches?
1: Well, again, I mean, I, I, I think that goes to the total offensive scheme, you know, and, and we have those components in our offense. You know, I think continuing to develop who those guys will be. I mean, you just said Double D. I mean, you got Stephen Carr, you got said. I mean, you got different guys that can do that. You know, so at the end of the day, you know, in practice, we need to establish that we can do that on a on a consistent basis and then let Coach T. Martin pull the trigger on it.
0: We'll do one last one. I know you got a one-year-old to get back to. So <laughs> we appreciate you spending some time with us. SC True Trojan, most of your past success at the position appears to be with lower star guys, which I'm guessing had a lot to do with uh, IU and the higher star players generally going to schools with a bigger rep like uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. So now that you're at USC, do you change your target profile, or still go after the lower star guys, like some of the underrated guys? No,
1: nah, it's it's been the same. You know, you know, even in the past when I was recruiting, the skill set, you know, rather as a guy who went to tennis, whatever, whatever school he may have went, you know, that I might have been on, who was a higher profile kid, it still was the same skill set. You know, it was still it was the same, you know, the same overall skill set. So here, I mean, I'm. You know, yeah, I have the ability to go, you know, after a guy who may have a little bit more notoriety, but at the end of the day, his skill set is still the same as, you know, somebody, a Jordan Howard or or Tevin Coleman or whoever it may have been, it's still a similar makeup that I'm, that I'm still pursuing regardless.
0: For, you know, someone that's known as a a good recruiter, do you frequent like the the scouts and the 247s and stuff? and. Maybe, maybe more now so that your son is kind of in the profile mm-hmm. and stuff too. Is that something that you would use? Is that something that coaches kind of pay attention to or?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, so we watch tape, you know, perfect thing. If I'm, if I'm watching tape, I never look initially at any of that. I was just like, let me just look, just evaluate whoever it is, you know, and, and then, but on, so I'll watch and on the back end. I'll go through and I'll look at those things. And now, of course, with my son in there. You know, he sends me stuff more than anybody. He's, Hey dad, look at this, look at this. So, you know, he, he's getting a a, a big idea of how, you know, recruiting works and different things and what we look at. You know, he's like, dad, what, you know, what are you looking at here? Like, you know, with him being a defensive back, he'll see another kid who might be the same age, who's a similar build. You know, he wanted, he want me to watch that kid's tape and say, why he got 20 offers? Yeah. What's the difference there that I see myself? Very similar. You got to give them the best answer you can give them.
0: Yeah. Do you do you do that sometimes? Where you're watching film, you're like, "Oh, that guy's a five star." I don't think so. Or of course, that guy's a three star. No way. A- it,
1: exactly. Of course. You know. And like I said, I've, that's how I've always recruited. I just hey, let's watch the tape. Look at the tape. Oh man, this guy can play. What he got? Oh, he don't. Ain't got one offer. Wow, he can play. It never scared me. You know. At the, at the same time, it went out like even when if I was at Indiana, I'm like, watch the tape. I'm like, wow, this guy got. You know, 25 hours off and get him. Now, like, man, if he can play, he can play. And if he's interested in our circumstance, we, we pursue it. You know,
0: it's funny. The, um, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, but covering, covering USC recruiting, there, you know, there's some diamonds in the rough, but most of the time, these are very well known guys. Exactly. I ran the, uh, the Fresno State site for a while as well. And that was a lot. I enjoyed that going up there. Um, Cause there was a lot of dudes that like I could go film some seven on seven stuff and check out guys that maybe have one scholarship offer that people are like getting. And so it was more about like finding talent in the rough and stuff, mm-hmm. just finding talent that maybe people don't know about, try to get in on it. And then there's a strategy of, well, we don't want to offer them because like if Fresno state offers them, then maybe <laughs> uh, Washington state will jump in or Oregon state or something. So there was all this different kind of strategy, from a school like that, like in the Mountain West mm-hmm. to, you know, a, a USC in the Pac-12. But it, it's kind of interesting. And I'm sure it's different too. Coming from Indiana to USC, there's just going to be different strategies.
1: And stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. You know, and one thing when you are talking about, to me, you, you, you've, the diamonds are a guy who made a position change. You know, I mean, I know I've seen that, you know, at, at Indiana where it was a, a guy who made his, he, he didn't, as a junior, he didn't play that position a lot and he lit it up as a senior. And then there you go from there, and that's probably the big thing. It's not a lot of senior recruiting, you know, that that, that happens, you know, at, at some places either. But yeah, so you you know, it's just what you said is right on. Yeah. You know, the way you explain that is exactly Even exactly like a right. Sam
0: Darnold who was injured, you know, there's time. You know, there's things that happen where he's a you know, there's a really talented kid. He misses some time or yep. whatever, and you don't maybe he doesn't do the seven on seven circuit as much as some of the other guys, and you don't get some of the hype and some of the offers. And then he comes in and beats out Ricky Town and, you know, in a couple of weeks and ends up transferring out of the program. You know? <laughs> the five, the former five star guy and the guy that was less, much less heralded, you
1: know. Exactly. You know, I'll think about that quickly with like with Jordan Howard. I know it's a different circumstance, but the kid had one offer coming out of high school, but he had, he was injured, you know, uh-huh. so he got injured at a couple of points more on his, you know, going to camp. He got hurt and different things. So, you know, he just gets some guys who just fall through the cracks like that. So.
0: All right, USC's running back coach, Dylan McCullough, follow him on Twitter at Coach DMC. Very cool. Uh but just so you guys know, he, he had no obligation to uh talk to us or come in here or anything. He did that and spending his own time. Tim Teslone from USC approved it, but you know, he didn't have to do it. This is his off season. you, you know, you got plenty of time to talk to us, but I really appreciate you coming in and Spending some time. It's really nice to get to know you, especially being the new coach on the staff.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was great. I enjoyed it. And, and at any time, anything I can do to help, I'm, I'm all for it.
0: All right. Dylan McCullough, follow him on Twitter at CoachDMC. I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Peristyle Podcast. We will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by USCFootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting.